That's the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me. That's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Everyone is so mean to me. I am Jim Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge. <laughs> There is not a lot of things more satisfying than watching a Bush. Adult film stars, Matt Hamilton. I, ayahuasca. What's up, man? It's Chris Old, man. Former Wisconsin Badger, man. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Jim Rutledge, Chris Orr with you, Matt Hamilton on a pitch count, so he is out for the rest of the show. But we got you for another hour. We talked about cow tipping in the first Mm. segment. Talked about no chickens in your backyard unless you got an acre. That's my stance. (laughs) And uh, also talked about the uh, breaking news about Gus Yeldon, Badger freshman uh, power forward, uh, kind of a star recruit. Uh, he took a leave of absence from the team. Wisconsin State Journal has reported that uh, Gus Yeldon also had two underage incidents, uh, one with drinking at Camp Randall and then one with um, his dorm room. The mm. second one, I think, timed up the next day he took a leave of absence from the team. So uh, g- according to the State Journal, they reached out to the great guard about it. He said no comment at this time. So I, we can, I assume that they're tied together, but there is not a direct uh, Ty, officially, hopefully, if Gus, whether it's he needs help to, if he has an addiction issue, I hope he gets help. But otherwise, I hope um, he just makes better decisions. A lot of people have chimed in with the name Sam Oki. Sam Oki was a Badger uh, a long time ago, a five-star recruit from the state of Wisconsin, Ooh. and he ended up, uh, and he's been open about uh, his issues. But he ended up uh, with similar issues at Wisconsin uh, as far as he did have some. Um, alcohol abuse issues that he had to work his way through. I think he also got a um, underage drinking ticket. He ended up at Iowa. It's something he ended up leaving Wisconsin. Ended up mm-hmm. at Iowa, but um, a guy that uh, maybe could have been more at Wisconsin, but there were some some issues with him as well. So I believe now he's cutting hair up in like uh, Eau Claire or something like that. So he's still mm-hmm. around uh, doing his best there. But hopefully Gus Yeldon uh, turns it around here at Wisconsin. And this is just a little blip on the radar. There's plenty. Of success stories where someone said, "Oh, freshman year they got caught with this," and then, yeah, you know, everything's fine going forward. But that is the breaking news brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison trusted Kia dealership, uh, ESPN Madison, your place for trusted breaking news. That news broke though by the Wisconsin State Journal. So credit to the folks over there. Uh, we are also uh, we have not had a chance to talk much about the Green Bay Packers, and mm. it's starting to move past. Now they're coming to the Steelers, which mm. would be a good defensive test, but. That performance, uh, prime time. I'll let you start with it. Uh, oh. What's one word in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six? What's the one word you would use to describe the Packers' performance against the Rams? Um, passable, I would say. That's pretty like, close. What I was going to use. They didn't yet. fail, I guess, which they didn't lose to Brett Rippon and a kind of mishmash of younger the only team i believe in the nfl who's younger on average on the roster than the packers were the rams really the only real threat in this game was aaron donald and then Mm. you know puka nakua cooper cup amazing players amazing wideouts but when brett rippon's throwing the ball doesn't matter much because he's going 13 for 28 and given the weather conditions 
It was a disgusting, horrible game. It was less entertaining than the Badger game against Indiana. Yeah, somehow. and it was honestly like I know it ended up with twenty to three, but yeah. it was like striking distance into the fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. I used the word adequate. Mm. That's yeah. a, that's the word I would use also to describe Jordan Love, who I actually think more and more. And I don't say this completely negative because I thought Mitch Trubisky was a borderline serviceable mm-hmm. quarterback in the NFL for a little bit there. But he reminds me a lot of Mitch Trubisky that even when Mitch made plays, and this is, I asked Packer fans to go back in time, and this is everything they pointed out to me when I was a Bears fan. Like, Mitch's doing this, Mitch is doing that, and you're not seeing it because you're a Bears fan. Even like, Mitch had a, one game, I think he threw six touchdowns in a football game. Oh, His, wow. he, uh, the first year, full time as a starter, he won 13 games. The Bears won the division. And even overall, his stats weren't bad. But those small things of like when Mitch Trubisky made a good play, it would it'd be similar to the good play that. Musgrave in the middle of the field where Musgrave makes the catch, but if ball was thrown, yes, he found him, got it to him, but it was thrown away that Musgrave kind of had to fall down to catch it and didn't do more afterwards. Mm. So even when there are good plays and plays to be read, it's still there's more to be left on the on the field. I went back to the Vikings game where okay, some of those could be drops, but he's also putting it one drop on Aaron Jones. He threw it to Aaron Jones above his head, yeah. and Aaron Jones was turning up the field. He had to turn back. Mm-hmm. He should have made the catch, but the play was already negated. If he catches that, he's you know basically probably falling out of bounds yeah. or falling to the ground. So there's accuracy as far as completion percentage, and then there's accuracy as far as where he's placing the ball, mm-hmm. which still just seems very far away. I think he's an adequate NFL quarterback. I think that's where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. So overall, the, just the general performance, I, I think will be, I would grade as adequate for the Green Bay Packers. And a win feels good, so I'm not out here... Like, it's been a rough year. I think six wins is the number for the Packers, so I'm not going to sit here and crap on a win because enjoy it. But I would just you it's adequate. They got the job done. You got a little uh, little endorphin boost from the win. Barely. Yeah, <laughs> I think we were talking on Friday with Molly Brown. It was, did you want a yeah. boring win or an exciting loss? This boring win. I didn't feel anything, guys. <laughs> I felt <laughs> nothing during the whole game. I just wanted it to be over. It was, yeah, it was It was very mad. I mean, Packers did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I don't I'm, wasn't surprised. Like you got a really Brett Ripon. <laughs> he's more of a third string quarterback in the NFL, like a P squad guy. Yeah, the Rams uh, literally the just position. signed yeah. Carson Wentz today. Right, right. And it's like it was in a bad weather game. Like your defense kind of did what they were supposed to do, but at the same time, some of those were just uh, LA giving giving plays away and giving the ball away. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it was like a a motivating factor going forward. Like I don't, I don't feel like this is something that's this win is going to turn our season around or something like that. But I mean, who knows? Maybe they can start looking like the Steelers. It's just ugly all the time, and they, but they win. But I just don't see it. I just don't see it, man. Well, just, the defense, and there was like a thought that like this team could do, but the defense doesn't match to be able mm-hmm. to get it done. And there's not these. The Steelers have veterans in there, and mm-hmm. it's just like maybe. You want to tell me that I would put Jordan Love into the Kenny? I don't think Kenny Pickett's anything special. Jordan Love into the Kenny Pickett category in front mm-hmm. of a Zach Wilson. I would put him behind a Justin Fields, as controversial as that is. But I mean, here in Wisconsin, but Fields has shown higher flashes in less time in the league. I mean, flashes that Jordan Love has not come close to yet, mm-hmm. um, as far as leading an offense and some of those things. And neither I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be a long term starter, championship QB in the NFL. But there's all these guys. They're all in a bucket. You want to put Fields, Love. Pickett, um, Zach Wilson is not in that bucket. He's out of that bucket. Who else is kind of in this this bucket of Brock Purdy? At my, well, Purdy, I guess mm. I'll still leave in front of it. 
but he's kind of regressing back to the bucket. But there's just a lot of guys that there's just a handful of players that are yeah. just fine. Tannehill, yeah. Tannehill's at the higher end of that. Did you say yeah. Daniel Jones? I Daniel mean, I know Jones, yes. Injured, Daniel Jones, yeah, no, that's Daniel a good Jones. one too. These are people you can win with, but you're not necessarily winning because of. Yep. That's, yeah. that's probably like the And like you might need less to, to win with Tannehill than you need with Daniel Jones, but you still need to have players around right. him. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't that. I mean, Jimmy could have kind of be out now. And quarterback's fickle. Carson Wentz picks up some rando deal to be a backup in the Rams maybe, yep. and he was an MVP candidate at one point. Yeah. And so that's the other like I I fully expect Love to have a few more ups in his career in this season yeah, just because sure. it's it's a weird position. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we've seen play Trubisky was uh really good his first year. And then it didn't get better. it got worse. He was figured out more. And like and that would happen during the season a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz ended up I would say regressing over time, not getting better. Some guys they're figured out and they can't find a solution. Tana Hill was kind of he was not the guy in Miami. He got mm-hmm. better. He got serviceable with the Titans. He was pretty good at one point with the Titans. Yes, yeah. No, yes. he had Derek. Henry but that's to help. The, look. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just the reverse of like it doesn't matter why Jordan Love fails. Mm-hmm. He fails. He fails. It's over. But it doesn't matter how you could like get by with him. I just think Jordan Love seems to me like a guy that you can you can still like. He's a bridge QB. Yes. Like Teddy Bridgewater was a guy that's been yeah. kind of around for a while. Jordan Love mm-hmm. could have a career where, hey, he's your. You never want him as your answer. Like this mm-hmm. guy's going to lead us to Super Bowls, but like this guy could get us into the playoffs or yeah. give us a respectable run here. Be a QB for a year or two while we try to find a youngster to come in. Mm-hmm. That's where Jordan Love to me is slotting in as his ceiling right now, and probably near his floor. I don't think he's going to be a bum. I, yeah. I think he's just going to be a guy that you can win with. Mm-hmm. You're not building to, or not building around long term. Mm-hmm. But you can get by with them. Yeah. I think the Packers, they just need to look. If they want to help Jordan Love out more, is to lean into the run game. Yeah. Lean into the run game. Actually become a dominant force in the run game. Or basically just a team that's like, you should have defenses thinking if we stop the run, we win the game. If you have them thinking that, then you'll help Jordan Love out so much more. Because you got all this play-action game, but – it doesn't help without you actually establishing the run. We can ask uh, Jason Wildy about that uh, in a second. He's coming up next after the break. The folks at Canopy Wealth Management take time to truly get to know and understand the dynamics of your values, goals, and plans for your family. You define your goals, and they work towards making them happen with their comprehensive financial planning. After all, no family fits your generic mold. Neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, care, competence, and clarity isn't just a tagline. It's a promise. Go to Canopy-Wealth.com to get started with your financial journey today. That's Canopy-Wealth.com. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Do more together this holiday in a new Chevy. Take on more adventure in the strong and capable Chevy Silverado. More confidence in the Chevy Equinox. Three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. We are thrilled to be joined by Jason Wildy, even though Matt Hamilton put in his rider today that he was only doing the first hour of the show because he didn't <laughs> want to talk to Jason. <laughs> no, Jason, uh, Matt's on a uh, Jesse, Jesse Nelson plan. We think that Jesse Nelson's setting Matt up 
because Jesse has been holding Matt out. Like Matt's been wanting to come back Monday and Tuesday. Mm. He was out last week being sick, and Jesse's kind of having him slow play it back. And we think it's just Jesse trying to divert attention from all the time he misses <laughs> uh, of work. What do you think of my conspiracy theory? I think that's an outstanding conspiracy theory. I don't generally believe those, although I am watching that uh, JFK One Day in America thing that National Geographic did. I haven't gotten to any conspiracy theories in it yet, but this one's a pretty good one. I like it, and anything that makes Jesse look bad, including his own bad analogies and his bad arguments, I'm always for <laughs> Uh, Jason, before we get to the Packers, two incredible things I thought happened in the NFL this weekend. One to a former Badger, and we had him on yesterday, Dari Gumbawale, uh, kicking that field goal in the game. And he, he kind of just said that I didn't really have a lot of time to think about it. And uh, if I did, I might be freaked out about it. He's appreciating it more now after it happened. But there was that, which is pretty remarkable. It's only happened, remarkable. I think, 2004 was the last time it happened yep. with Wes Welker. But then also Josh Dobbs with the Vikings. and everyone here hates the Vikings. But what he did... And his story is also truly remarkable. Jason, just as someone who's been around football for a long time, uh, what were your thoughts on two really unique things happening in the NFL last weekend? All right, first of all, where can I get your conversation with Dare Agumbawale? Because I, I did not get to hear that. Where can people find that? Oh, that's Wisconsin on the Man, Apple, Spotify, any of those great places. I assume Ryan has posted it. Right, Ryan? It's out there, I okay. promise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to check. And then... Uh, the jo- Look, Josh Dobbs has been a great story all the way going back to college. So yeah. I- I've always kind of followed his trajectory. But, you know, to what to do what he did for the Vikings, I mean, and the Vikings are like, they're over 500 now, yeah. right? They're 5-4, and four, yeah. I believe. I mean, that's crazy, especially for a team that hasn't had its best receiver, kind of looked like it was rebuilding off of a 13-4 and four season. Uh, for him to go in there and play the way he did was incredible. I saw that clip of him on the sideline with his offensive yes. lineman going over the cadence so they would know when to go. I mean, I just thought that was incredible. So, look, you, you nailed it. I love, love, love the stories of the NFL more than I love the game or the X's and O's or the controversy or the drama. Although, you know, I do love a little bit of drama, even if you're not in the mood for drama tonight, guys. But I, I would say this. I, 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 I love it when a guy like Josh Dobbs does what he did. And, and there's plenty of other stories throughout the years that are similar. Not the same, but similar. But, man, oh, man, you, if you want to know how hard it is to do what he did, watch Brett Rippon against the Packers defense on Sunday, right? Like, yeah. he, he was so bad, they cut him today. Yeah. And they went out and signed Carson Wentz. Like, it, that that is a difficult position to play to begin with. I, I got a kick out of. I saw a tweet from Judd Zolgad, my one of my groomsmen from my wedding, who works in Minneapolis, and a couple of the Vikings players were at the Timberwolves game, uh, but Josh Dobbs wasn't because he was at the facility working to learn the offense more, <laughs> which I thought just was a cherry on top to one hell of a story. And uh, Jason, and I'll let Chris ask some Packer questions here in a, in a second there. But uh, one more thing back, I would imagine, maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, back in your day here at the University of Wisconsin, there was probably athletes who got in trouble. So there was some news broken by the great team at Wisconsin State Journal about Gus Yeldon, uh, Badger recruit, star Badger recruit, who had just taken a step away from the program for personal reasons. They broke that uh, he has gotten two underage intoxicant tickets, one for being... Uh, intoxicated at Camp Randall for the Badger home opener, 
and uh, that was his first ticket, and then he got one on October 28th for possession of marijuana in his dorm room, uh, and then I think a day or two later, he took a leave of absence from the team. Greg Gard was asked about it. He said, I have no comment on that right now, but I'm hoping, and I'm sure you are too, Jason, that like this, there are success stories that come from players having a rough start to their career at Wisconsin or anywhere else. Yeah, and, and look, whether this is a kid who plays basketball or just a regular run-of-the-mill freshman like I was back in uh, 1978 or whatever it feels like these days, uh, <laughs> you can't, like, let's not, let's not write off any kid that yeah. makes 18, 19-year-old mistakes, right? Now, I'll be honest, early in my career, a couple things happened uh, from a reporting these types of stories standpoint. One was, uh, on Halloween, and somebody brought this up to me this past Halloween, actually. There were a couple of Badgers players uh, from the football program, uh, Gary Casper, and I think Aaron Norvell was the other one, okay. that were involved in a fight behind uh, Joe Hart's, which I don't know what that bar has become now. It was on University. It's probably an apartment building by now. <laughs> but I, I had a right. That was like the first time I've ever had a write like a, a news story about a player who got in trouble. And, you know, I, I would say this for the crew at the State Journal, who obviously they do a fantastic job covering the Badgers. Nobody wants to write that story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you would love for it to be as simple as he's taking a step away. But that, that is significant, and I, I think that is news, and I got no problem at all with it being reported. My issue would be how, how are you as a Badgers fan going to react to that? Uh, don't write the kid off. Uh, these are the types of mistakes that, countless freshmen make he obviously carries a higher level of responsibility and i'm sure greg gard has told him that uh but i you know the other story that was really difficult for me because he was actually a friend of mine because we were freshmen together in 1990 uh was when brent moss got arrested with cocaine Mm. Um, i was actually driving back to madison newspapers on fish hatchery road I just covered the Badger women's soccer team getting eliminated, upset in the NCAA tournament by Washington State. I'll never forget it. And I turn onto Fish Hatchery Road, and there's a car pulled over, and the police have the guy out of the car, and they're searching the car. And little did I know that that was my friend Brent Moss, who obviously his career totally spiraled after that. And, and you know, I, I know he passed away a couple of years ago, and I always had hoped that, he would get his life in order, and it was a real struggle for him. And so I hope that this is the kind of thing, and I don't know enough about Gus to know anything about his background or how, what this means in terms of the kind of kid he is or what, he, what he's been dealing with. But I certainly hope that this happening now pays really positive dividends down the road for him as opposed to the way it happened with Brent late in his career with something much more serious. And it cost him an NFL career. He would have been a second-round pick, and instead, you know, it, it really did not go well for him. Mm, that's tough. Yeah, that's that's definitely tough. But I want to ask you a Packers question. Uh, we were just talking about Thank Jordan. Thank you, Chris. Of course. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Of course, of course. We were just talking about Jordan Love, and I don't know. When, when I watch the Packers, I don't think that they necessarily have him in a favorable position for a quarterback. Obviously, they're really young on offense. Um, their O-line isn't as secure. But my thing is, I just feel like you need to lean more into the run game. Like, lean more into the run game, establish the run. LaFleur comes from this this uh, this tree of heavy play action, uh, offensive schemes. 
So run the ball, lean into the run game, establish the run, have have defenses, because this is how we talk on defense. Have defenses like, all right, man, this dude's trash. Let's just stop the run and we win the game. <laughs> but but knowing knowing that this team's gonna come in and run the ball and that's quote all they can do, that's that's where LaFleur's play action game can come alive, which will be more friendly for Jordan Love and these young receivers. Yeah, there's no you you know this better than anyone. Effective play action mm-hmm. is a colossal pain in your ass as a yep. linebacker. You mm-hmm. hate it, right? Yep. If it's working. For sure. And, and one of the things, and, and I have not gone through the analytics, which I need to do because I've been wondering this literally for weeks, is that why do they spend so much time in the gun? Yeah. Like, they, 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 they are in shotgun all the time, and, and I would argue that one of the drawbacks is that I think it diminishes AJ Dillon's effectiveness as a runner. Yep. Like, I don't think he's very good in the in the in the pistol or in the shotgun, and so that I think is problematic. And then it does affect your play action game. And so you know, again, I want I, I want to I don't have numbers to back it up now, but I would say that that has been part of it. The other two parts of it, though, have been not having Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon not being effective in his own right. But also, their offensive line has not blocked for the run very well. I mean, mm-hmm. two weeks ago when they lost to the Vikings, that's third and one. You cannot blow an assignment on third and short with A.J. Dillon behind you when all he needs to do is run into your back and then fall forward to get the first down. It's the opening drive of the game. Instead, you have to punt, and you go another half, first half, without scoring. So uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And as you, as I said, you uh, you know that if you're doing that effectively and you're holding those linebackers and they're con- they're confused because one of the other things that I think is interesting about their offense, Matt Hasselbeck told Tausch and, and me this years ago when they hired the Florence. One of the great things that this system does is that it does play action that marries up with an actual run play. Yep. And for for many years, Mike McCarthy's play action game was a bit of an afterthought because they would run fakes that looked nothing like any of the actual runs that they ran, <laughs> yep. which kind of defeats the purpose. So it is something they need to do, there's no doubt, and, and it would certainly make life easier for, for Jordan Love. Uh, Chris, I want to follow up, and, and obviously Jason, you chime in on this too, but like this, you know, as a linebacker, out mm-hmm. of the shotgun, because Jason brought it up, and mm-hmm. I was at the Packers-Vikings game, I was in the stands, and I, it was mind-blowing how many times they just – you know, third and goal, like a goal to goal, still yeah. in the shotgun. Yeah, I'm a Bears fan. Luz Getzi runs the same offense, drives me insane as well. Mm-hmm. The shotgun as a linebacker, I mean, is it easier to at times figure out, especially with a guy like Dylan, mm-hmm. yep. running or stopping the run when they're in the shotgun? Because yep. it just well, you can explain more on it, but it seems yeah. like it's easier. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. So yeah, it's 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 what I it's even what I said about uh the about UW when we moved to this air raid, and I'm like. The thing is that yes, when you when you're in the shotgun, the thought is you have more playmakers on the field. You're usually in a personnel grouping. You got more receivers on the field and stuff like that. But for the run game, it's so much easier to stop because you literally like the same thought process of oh, we put a lot of people in the box whenever we come out with uh, in the I formation with a tight end on the ball. Well, now the thought is that you have less people to create different runs. There's only a handful of runs you can create depending on the formation. And usually, usually in the shotgun, especially in short yardage situations, you're, you're still just going straight. You're not even getting to the, 
Here, let me let me. I don't, I don't want to use the meat football term, so <laughs> let me. I'm trying to think of a way to say this. So, if the running back's on the left of the quarterback, he's usually going to end up left instead of going to the far right. In the out of the eye, you can go anywhere. I have no clue where you might go. There's so many runs that you can marry, and the thing about play action out of the shotgun is your old line can't disguise it. So the thing that defenders are taught is listen, listen to the play. If it sounds like run, that means it's pads popping, they firing off. And then if it's play action, they're, they're firing off, but the, the collisions aren't as hard. And that's something that's hard yeah. to do in the, from under center, but in the shotgun, the the O line they gotta they gotta pass block like you gotta kind of start pass blocking really quickly and you barely get a mesh from the running back he's not doing a good job of selling it like oh yeah the 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 shotgun for the run game is so much easier so much easier from a defensive perspective to stop than a, than a, than under center for sure. Uh, J- Jason, has the floor been like you know asked about this? I'm sure you guys have before. Like, what is his general response? Is it because of the playmakers or just how this offense runs? No, I you know I think the biggest thing for him, and, and it was the case with Rodgers before him, uh, is that I think Love prefers the shotgun. I think it gives him that little bit extra time, right? And so uh, you can't be, as Chris well knows, you can't be as obvious as, okay, if we're under center, we're running. And if we're in the shotgun, <laughs> yeah. we're uh, but, but, but I do think that it, it is a – because, look, we've seen Jordan also struggle with some decision-making, right, some – them maybe holding the ball too long or being indecisive. Uh, I thought there was a good example. I wrote about it for the State Journal for tomorrow. You know, as much as everyone made a big deal about the 37-yard downfield ball that that Watson did catch, uh, I thought the more instructive one was the ball in the second quarter when Watson just ran by Witherspoon like he was standing still, and. Love wasn't able to adjust his timing and get the ball out quicker. He took his entire seven-step drop, and then by the time he threw it, he underthrew it, and it was an incompletion. You know, for for a guy like Love, I do think having that extra split second to survey the field and maybe get into your your progressions is probably beneficial to me. If I was to guess the reasoning behind it, that's probably what I would say. Uh, Jason, last thing before you go, because I've, I've obviously seen all the Packer games here, and and I used to kind of make it as a joke, but love, and I don't think Mitch Trubisky's a bum, but he reminds me more and more of Mitch Trubisky because Mitch was athletic and he could make some plays with his feet, but not like Justin Fields athletic. Yeah. And when he made, the big part was when he made good plays, when you're watching, it's like, okay, but it should have been more mm-hmm. of like Musgraves is falling to the ground on the throw because it wasn't where it needed. So even when the plays are made correctly, it's mm-hmm. more of like, all right, I was like 80% really good. Right. Uh, but there was still play, like so he could get it done, but it was still not to the level. And Mitch just never progressed. Uh, but it was just never got to the level where like the plays were perfect, a rare play where it's like everything to your point, hitting the guy on time, not missing these things. That was never what was put together. And again, I think Mitch Trubisky was serviceable and could be a bridge QB. And I think Love just feels like a guy to me that is kind of projecting out to be a, a guy you could. You know, Bridge QB win with, but Teddy Bridgewater type, mm-hmm. but not maybe the stars. Do they write that off? But do you see some of those comps when you watch Mitch of a guy who's athletic, a little slow uh, yeah. in his reads, a little uh, not quite as accurate as you want a guy to be, but capable enough physically and mentally to, to be an NFL quarterback? That's what I see out of love so far. Yeah, you know, as you well know, I, I've made that comp a yeah. couple of times and, and just saying that, look, there were times when Jim and Bears fans everywhere. We're excited about Trubisky and thought, okay, we got something here. Mm-hmm. 
And then obviously we know how it, it kind of ended. Uh, is he still in Pittsburgh? Could, could, yep, could we so. see him yes. holding he a is still, this He's weekend? still in Great. Pittsburgh, yep. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just I look at it as, you know, it's way too early to say that that's what he's going to turn out to be, right? But I, I don't disagree with the similarities and the thought process of, okay, what are you going to do to make sure that you make the progress that, frankly, Trubisky didn't? Yep. And that's why Trubisky ended up, you know, what did he do, a year in Buffalo? and then uh, He's got two years in Pittsburgh now, yep. In Pittsburgh, yeah. So, you know, that look, I, I, I have not given up hope on Jordan Love. Is that because I like him as a human being? I hope not. I hope I'm unbiased enough to also look at kind of the good that he has done. But I, I, my biggest issue, and Chris, you've you've been a young player in the NFL. You know what these guys are up against. Mm-hmm. I just I hate the fact that they have put him in a position where it's really hard to know for certain how much progress he's making when he's surrounded by so many young guys. Yep. And and I did a story in the State Journal last Sunday talking about how, so far, Grow Together has not turned out to be a great idea. Mm-mm. But the idea wasn't for it to work right away. The problem is you're trying to get an evaluation of your quarterback, and you're not getting it because of the circumstances you put him in. Maybe the, maybe the assessment is the same either way, but I would really like to see him with, you know, not to be whatever, but Devontae Adams, who can bail him out sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. when he's doing something wrong, and then it gets him more confidence, and then he's more effective. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, when you're a young player in the league, you definitely need the – you need some type of vet, veteran leadership around you because they, they kind of raise you up in the NFL. They mm-hmm. teach you the game, like the, the game of football in college – is so much different than the game of football in the NFL. The tendencies of offenses and defenses are so so different. <laughs> you need a veteran in there that's you know he's going to do his job every day. Somebody that's accustomed to the NFL lifestyle to help you off the field. But for Jordan Love's situation, like yeah, somebody like Devontae Adams is like, hey, I'm going to teach you that. Yes, when you decide to scramble and buy time, like this is how all of the other young receivers should be working towards you and trying to get the ball. And right. yes, I'm going to be that guy for you that if you throw it to me, even if I'm double coverage, it's I'm either catching it or it's going to be incomplete. Like I need a you need a vet like that because that's stuff that you just it takes a little bit of time for you to get up to speed on. And if you don't have anybody that's actually in the fight with you that can show you how to do it and teach you how to do it because everybody learns in different ways, then it's, it's, it's just not a recipe for success. But you had, you had good coaches, right? And mm-hmm. you've had good coaches throughout your career, but there's something about a guy in your position of yep. Tausch and Bulaga talk about it all the time because Tausch was that guy for Bulaga and the Bulaga was that guy for Dave and the younger guys that came up behind him that, yeah, they had a great offensive line coach in James Campen, but they augmented that with veteran guys who helped those young guys learn those nuances. And, and Jordan has Sean Clifford, who is actually older than him because he was at <laughs> Penn State for eight years, but uh, he doesn't have that veteran presence, that's for sure. Jason, uh, thanks for the extra time. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. Be good. That's Jason Wildey. Listen to that interview. Wisconsin on the Man, Apple, Spotify, and all those great places. We'll throw some stones next in Rutledge and Hamilton. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. (laughs) 
you're looking for the best kept secret of Madison, I'll tell you about Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. A fantastic happy hour. The Horseshoe Bar over there is amazing. The Sizzle, Swizzle, and Swirl happy hour is better than you even can think it'll be. It makes Ruth's Chris just a great spot to stop. And now that, you know, one of the positives of getting dark is that Ruth's got that chill vibe. And when you walk in or you walk out and it is evening, yeah. it just kind of adds to that vibe. Have yourself an old-fashioned with some Dancing Goat uh, or get yourself a Coors Light and have a steak sandwich or some fried calamari and enjoy yourself over at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Yeah, guys, time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. And because of bad producing, we are tight on time today, so Mm. I'll keep it short for this one. Yeah, you weren't in my ear telling me to shut up. Look, I didn't want to get to my Batman Bruce Wayne voice for you, all right, Jim? I I didn't want to annoy you again. But... It is a big day here at ESPN Madison as it's the birthday of one of our teammates, Tark Sala. Coming up on the Great Dane Huddle, we're going to have crosstalk in the next segment. So, as you guys, pretty simple question. What's the best way to celebrate a birthday after, I'd say, the age of, like, 25, right? Because when you're in mm. college, we're all celebrating, like, Gus Bus. Mm. Um, but <laughs> once you get a little older, what's the best way to go? Chris, I'll start with you. Um, That's tough. I mean, I think, one, it just depends on what you're interested in. Whatever hobbies you enjoy. Stop being nuanced. I think on. that's one. Uh, for me, man, I just want to chill, man. I'm definitely going to be drinking. I'm definitely going to have some drinks. I want to chill. I want strawberry cake. Just maybe like a cupcake. Strawberry, strawberry cake? Yeah, strawberry cupcake with like vanilla icing. And I want a red velvet cupcake. And um, yeah, I just want to kick it. Watch something funny. Just find something funny. And just chill. Jim? Yeah. Um, steak. I have like a nice steak, maybe a baked potato, some asparagus Mm. or corn on the cob. Uh, Yes, give me a couple fingers of the dancing goat. I'll do the quirky and humble blend. Mm. Enjoy that. My wife makes a fantastic grasshopper pie, which is like an Oreo cookie crust to it. And then it's got kind of like a mint, creme de mint, and then it's got Girl Scout cookies like on it and everything. So it's Mm. really, that's perfect as well. And just let me chill, especially as dad. Yeah. You, got, you got stuff with the kids, so like maybe if there's a game on that I want to watch, great. Otherwise, yeah, I'll fire up like Super Bad or something stupid yeah. and, just kinda, oh, hey, uh, hey. and watch it and enjoy myself. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that was a little out of left field there, Jim, to be bringing up something like Super Bad on a day like today of all days. After the news with Gus Bus, I mean, it's a little insensitive, don't you think? No. What am I missing? No. <laughs> Super Bad. You're only watching Super Bad if you're enjoying. Want a little bit of the? Do I have to say it? Say it. <laughs> the, the well, I already just said it. The marijuana. marijuana. <laughs> the reefer. Reefer. Exactly. But I mean, speaking of reefer, and you know, I might have the munchies as the show's coming close to its end. But uh, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you guys Put mentioned some, the gummies. You guys mentioned some pretty good desserts there. But Jim, that grasshopper pie, that's that the win. It is delicious. I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. Ooh, uh, ooh, regular cheesecake. Well, that's good too. I forgot to add that. You put a little chocolate syrup on there or not? No, just, no, not, just, just plain. Plain? Okay. Just plain. All right, this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Maybe a little whipped cream, actually. 
You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Classic Tarek Sala fashion. Is he even on the show today because it's his birthday? Is he off? Prime time? He is on the show, I promise. Okay. Uh, Jim Rutledge, Chris Sawyer with you live from the Everlight Solar Studio. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. And uh, we're now getting out to the great Dane. We didn't get this done last week, <laughs> but uh, we were able to get this done this week, I believe. Alex Strofe out there? Uh, I am here, Jimmy, and, and as you said, in true Tarek Sala and Derek Angler fashion, I told them we are on the air with Rutledge right now, and Derek walked to the bar, and Tarek, because it's his birthday, feels special, and was inclined to just strictly ignore me. Who's Rutledge? Oh, Who's there he is. <laughs> is uh, Hamilton there? Nope, we got Chris Orr here. Who? Uh, oh, man. When he found out it was your birthday, Chris, what was your question? <laughs> My man. I said, what, how, how old is he, 82? <laughs> <laughs> I do have close. I do have dog ears. I think it's more like two forty years. <laughs> dog ears. Happy birthday, OG. Hey, man. Happy Th- birthday, goat. Thank you. Hey, tell, I don't know about Matt, goat, but I, I, get you I love in that you, Hall man. of Fame, man. Yeah, that's that. Oh, actually, shoot. is a load of BS. Don't shoot. worry, man. I'll make sure next time I see him, man. I. Man, I love the pursuit, I'll, man. I don't want to get there. I love the grind, man. I love the grind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I embrace the grind. Just like Chris and his way back to the NFL. It's a grind. I embrace well, but, the grind. Well, Chris, you were telling me that like you, and I forgot, I don't know who, who the other player was, that saw some of the records up there and saw like one of Tarks. Like, like, we're going to try oh, to get yeah. those. And yeah, me and, me and Zach Bond before our last year together, and um, we saw your record uh, – and we were like, yeah, we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not touching that. Like, if not, we if we do, oh, I, I think, think, think Tarek would uh, take uh, Zach's paycheck, though. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. You're still uh, <laughs> well, actually, TJ, TJ, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I let him rip my number for a little bit, and then yeah, man, y'all was playing, y'all was playing. My dad was playing, man. Y'all was y'all was working on teach, <laughs> teacher, <laughs> teacher, <laughs> teacher salaries. Enough said. Y'all Enough was out said. there, y'all was out there hitting each other on teacher salaries. <laughs> Yeah, but Chris, how, what does it feel like when you I – mean, like, you didn't, we didn't have NIL when you played. Did, no, did I we? didn't. No, you no, just no, missed didn't. it. Yeah, I know. Tough, tough, man, tough. I really wish we did. I'll tell you right now, there's nothing I would have turned down. I would have took a <laughs> bite out of it. Chris would have been a male stripper had, he, had they paid for it. Man, I would have took now a bite out of the stage. Man, I would have walked into every stadium taking a bite out of a Culver's burger. I'll be on a, I, you catch me on a John Deere. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. I know you need a representation. I'm your guy. He'll hit me up. <laughs> now, I couldn't imagine Chris Orr being more like Tarek and Derek in my entire life. Well, no question. But, you know, this is the, this is the thing. Like, what, you don't need to raise money for me or give me. I'll go find it. I'll go sell myself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, and yeah, we'll make our know. own money. We just, need, yeah. we just need the okay. Yep. You, know? you don't need to lobby for me. Everybody I meet is going to know I'm open for business. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Amen. sounds like Tarek Salah. Amen. Uh, Tarek, that music means we got to go. So you guys have a fun show. Thanks, All right, guys. Chris, Chris, you stick around. Rutledge, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Great day in huddle. Coming up next, this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.